How many is ready for the life-changing word of the Lord today? Are you ready? Give me a big shout of amen. Come on, you can do the louder you shout, the better I preach. Come on, let me hear you. There you go. Great, great. You guys sound good today. Man, I want to welcome you here in the auditorium. I want to take time to welcome those who are watching online as well. Hello from all of us here. We miss you. We'd love to have you here. If you're watching online, maybe you're like the lady who came in uh, this last Wednesday to our first Wednesday worship. It's her first time here. She says, I, I watched you online, and then I came on Wednesday night, and she goes, I just watched the message last night that you did on last Sunday. She goes, so I'm coming back this week to hear the second part of that message. And so today, if you're watching online, we say, come visit us when you're here in town. Come and be with us. We'd love to have you. There's one dynamic about being online. There's a whole different dynamic about being present in the house. I promise you, we'll welcome you. We'd love to see you. God bless you for being with us today. Man, we are going to go back into the second part of the message we started last week called How to Get Closer to God. You know, we're just as close to God as we want to be, right? The closer I get to God, the more my life becomes transformed. It's the name of our series, Transformation. We're talking about the closer we get to Jesus, the more my life becomes transformed. How many know that when we leave the Lord, he doesn't leave us? He's always there. The Bible says he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always with us. He is always ever-present in our life. But if we feel distance from God, who's changed? Did God change? No, God doesn't change. It's me. My heart has changed. My, my priorities have changed. If I'm feeling distance from God, it's because I've allowed other things to come in and take the place of the priority of God being first in my life. Last week, we talked about the story of the prodigal son. How he went out and blew his money and blew his inheritance and, and then lost it. And a great famine came and he had to feed the pigs and he finally got tired of that. He went back home. I, I gave you two points last week. The first one was, number one, if you want to get close to the Father, you got to come back. You got to get fed up. Come on, say that. Say, get fed up. You got to get fed up with living with the pigs. You got to get fed up with smelling like the, some of you have been living with the pigs so long, you don't even realize you stink. You don't even really, you ever been around somebody who, who, who stinks? Maybe your car stinks and you get in and go, man, this car stinks. You're like, what? I can't smell a thing. Yeah, to you because you got used to it. Somebody else gets in that car and be like, man, get rid of that McDonald's sack that's been in here for a year and a half. It stinks. You don't notice it when you're around it all the time. For some of us, we don't, we don't realize that we've allowed ourselves to slowly decay. We've allowed ourselves to slowly drift away from what's important, and then we find ourselves living a life of compromise, living our life in a place that has us living with the pigs. We're eating what the pigs eat. We're hanging out where the pigs hang out. We're rolling in the same mud that the pigs are living in, and we don't even realize it. So the first step of getting back close to God is you got to get fed up. You gotta get fed up and say, no, I've got to get back to the Father. No, I gotta return back to the Father. And the second thing we talked about was you gotta own up, right? Own up to my sin. I've got to own up. Man, I've blown it. Man, I've allowed other things to come before God. And I gotta own up. I've made failures in my life. We said this statement last week. I think it's worth repeating today. You are as close to God as you choose to be. Come on, you know that's better than what you're saying, amen, right there. You are as close to God as you choose to be. 
If I want to be close to God, I'll be close to God. If I'm not, then I've got to look and say, God didn't change. God's not going to change. God's love for me is grace and mercy. It pursues me all the days of my life. He is pursuing me. If things are changing, it's because my heart has changed. I've got to make sure. That's why it's important that we do a spiritual checkup. We ever so often as a Christian, if you're a follower today of Jesus, you need to do a spiritual checkup. We need a checkup from the neck up, right? <laughs> we go to the other doctors to check other things out, and we need to go to Jesus and check this out right here. Because that's where I'm transformed. I am transformed by what's happening right here in my mind. We need to do a checkup. You need to do a worship checkup. How's my worship? Am I engaging in worship? Did you, did you engage in worship today? Or did you just go through the motions? Did you, no, I'm, I don't mean just standing in worship. Did your heart really connect with what you were singing? Was, was there a passion about the words that you declared? Was there something moving you to say, thank you, Jesus, my shame is gone? Was there something moving you to say, there's power in the name Jesus today? There, there should have been something. And when we lose that, we need to be a checkup. Now, how's my worship? Am I just going through the motions? Am I really connected? How's my fellowship? Am I connecting? Am I just slipping in, slipping out? Am I connecting with people? I need other brothers. I need other sisters in my life that I'm connecting with. DC Dinner Club, we had it last Sunday night. Great turnout. Awesome. As the room was full with people connecting. We have women's and men's and, and teens ministries and other things happening. Places where you can connect. Ever so often, we got to say, you know what? I've slowly drifted away from fellowship. I've got to get back to a stronger fellowship where iron can sharpen iron. How about discipleship? Am I growing? Am I being disciples? Am I really studying and growing in the words of Jesus? How about ministry? Am I serving anywhere in ministry? Am I doing anything in ministry? Am I volunteering anything with ministry? Is my family, are we involved in ministry? And how about evangelism? When's the last time I told somebody my story? When's the last time I, I, I led someone to Jesus? When's the last time I invited somebody to church? Ever so often, it's good to do a checkup and see where we're at. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 tells us this in Scripture. It says, examine, let's say that, examine. It's an examination of yourself to see whether you are in the faith. And then it says it again, in case you didn't get it, test yourself. See, it's not my job to test you. It's your job to test yourself. You got to learn how to test yourself because you can fool me, but you can't fool yourself. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to yourself. Maybe you should just have your, your spouse test you, right? That's a better one right there. How about that? No, I'm just kidding, spouse. Please don't take that serious. No, we're called to test yourself. It's my responsibility. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you, you fail the test? Make sure that you're testing yourself. And so last week we talked about being fed up. We talked about owning up to our sin. Today, number three, write this down. I want you to offer up. Offer up myself. Offer up myself. I want you to look at the story in Luke 15, 12, and then verse 19. See if you can notice any changes here. It says, the younger son said to his father, Father... Give me, let's say that, Father, give me my share of the estate. Then when he comes back home, look at his different, his words. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Somewhere along the line, this young man had an attitude change. This man had a transformation process that began to kick in. He got tired of living with the pigs. He got tired of rowing around in the situation he was in and said, there's got to be something different. And he didn't come back and say, Dad, you owe me. Dad, I'm your son. Give me. No, he said, Dad, make me. Dad, make me as one of your hired service. He knew he would blown it. He knew he wasn't worthy. He knew that he had fallen short. And so he just said, dad, just, just make me. Just use me. Cause I know that your, your hired hands, they're living better than what I'm living. They're eating better than what I'm living. They got a lot better than me. So can I, can I at least just come back and can you just hire me? Make me one of your, so I'll do whatever you need. I love this. Do you see a change? It's the same thing we talked about last week was Zacchaeus when he came down off the tree, one of the most hated men who had robbed the people. He was taking from them. He was charging the government's taxes. And then he would put on and double it and keep half for himself. And the Bible says that when Jesus had lunch with him, we don't know what happened in that meeting. But when he came out of that meeting, he goes, everything I've ever done wrong, I'm going to do right. I'm going to pay back everything I've ever stolen and give away even more. I'm telling you, transformation happens when you get close to God. Transformation will happen in your heart the closer you get to Jesus, the selfishness, the greediness, that begins to fall away and you say, I'll, I'll give my life. I'll do what Jesus wants me to do. This man had a heart issue and it changed to a Make me, God, make me. Look at this graph I made for you today. He was at the give me self-center stage, and then he changed to the make me, God, make me. What stage today are you in? You see, when you begin to leave the give me stage and say, I've got to get to the make me stage, there's something that happens when you begin to start that journey. When we're kids, what do we say? It's mine. Right? It's mine. Share your toy. No. Why? It's mine. That kid ain't played for that toy in six months, and all of a sudden, some other kid comes over, and they're like, ah! That's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Hyperventilating. What is wrong with you? Mine. Or like putting your foot on your chest, prying that thing out of their arms. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm talking about? Take it away. Why? Because we're teaching them that, no, it, it ain't yours. You share. Life's about sharing. See, there's something that happens that in our spirit that we're not automatically the make me stage. It's, it's a process. But I can promise you this. When you say, God, I want to leave the self-centered give me stage. And I want to start going to the make me stage. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm where your life begins to take on a transformation. There's something that happens along that journey. You don't even have to get fully there. You just begin to turn your head and walk that way and say, God, begin to make me. And I tell you, there's something that happens along that journey. Something happens. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being what? Transformed. We're being transformed 
into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, which is the Spirit. This word in the transformation we've been using is the word where we get the original Greek is a metamorphosis. It's where we get that word metamorphosis. It's what happens when the caterpillar goes and we have the cocoon and we turns into a pretty butterfly. But how many know when you're in that cocoon stage, it's not very pretty, is it? It, it looks really, really dead there. It looks like, man, what is that dirty thing hanging out in there? What, what's going on? It's not a very pretty stage to be in. And so for many of us, we don't want to be in that stage. We don't want to leave our caterpillar stage and, and go into the place where God can transform us. Because when we're there, it's restrictive. When we're there, God's changing us. A lot of people don't notice what's happening there. But I tell you, when you allow yourself to go through the transformation that God can cause you to soar places you never thought you would soar, God can give you a new perspective. You can fly high above the pig's pen. You can raise above the world place you've been and say, God, you called me from so much greater. It's a place where God wants us all to be. But it's not pretty. It's not pretty transforming. It's not always pretty. It's not glamorous. But it's a place of transformation of freedom. Look at this in Romans 12, 2. And then verse 1. We've been reading 12, 2 this whole series. I asked you to, to memorize it. But no one ever likes to read verse 1. We all want to go right to verse 2, right? Let's read verse 1 and see what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer. Let's say it. To offer. Look what it is. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform. Now, do not conform to the path of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we all want transformation, but before you can have a transformation that starts in the mind, it goes all the way back to offering. Have I offered myself as a living sacrifice? God, I offer to you. God, I give to you. God, I don't want what's mine. God, I want what's yours. God, take my life and you shape it, you mold it. God, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. This is where transformation happens. Go back to that graph real fast. This is where transformation happens. So the more I go from the give me stage into the make me stage, the more God begins to transform me. What stage are you at? What stage are you at? you got to ask yourself this. Am I at the offering stage? This is where it happens. Let's look at the response now. Luke 15, 20 and 22. The son says, I'm going to go back. So he returned home to his father. And while he was a long ways away, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. Isn't it just like the father? He ran to his son. He embraced him and he kissed him. And his father said to the servants, quick. Bring out the finest robe and in the house and put it on him. Get the ring back on his finger and get new sandals for his feet. You see something happening here, and I want you to get this in your spirit. Look at this statement. The, the compassion and grace of the Father always meets us on the road home. It's there on the road home. He didn't even get all the way home. He never got the words out, Dad, forgive me. He never got the words out, Dad, I, I, I just want to be, why? Because something had changed in his heart. The father knew there was a heart change. The father sensed something was transforming in his life, and the father met him on the way home. See, it's not me getting all the way back to that stage of make me. It's me transforming and saying, I'm taking it. I'm going there. I'm going there, and the father will always meet us there. 
And it's there that transformation happens. When I was a young kid, I used to really like this item right here. I'll tell you, when I was a young kid, I used to really like tamales in a can. Anybody else remember eating tamales in a can when you was a kid? Gobbles, you ever eat tamales in a can? I know you never ate tamales in a can. And when I was a kid, I used to actually think these were good. Until I ate real tamales. Hallelujah. Come on now, church. My mouth began to taste the real tamales. And the revelation came to my life. Can I get a taco bueno? Amen. (laughs) When I tasted the real thing, I was like, oh, that's so much better. I don't know what this is. But it ain't the real thing. How about when you was a kid, anybody ever use this when you was a kid? How many of your parents ever fed you when you was a baby? They told you they fed you the little vegetables like this. Remember feeding your babies this? They stink. Greens all mixed up. And one of those babies do. They just laugh it up, don't they? They love it. And we're like, I'm glad you like it. Daddy don't like it. When I was a kid, I liked it. I liked it. You did too when you was a baby. But I liked it until there was a time when I discovered something else and I realized there's a much better place and it's called SpaghettiOs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody love SpaghettiOs in the house? Come on now. You know, he's a kid. Ben, you mix some these up, put some salt and pepper and grilled cheese sandwich. We're going we're gonna to eat good today. Uh, I love SpaghettiOs. My mama, I said, buy the big can, mom. You know, she buy me a big old can of SpaghettiOs, and I was high living on the hog right there. I thought SpaghettiOs were the greatest thing ever until I tasted the Olive Garden. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's even a better way. I love Olive Garden. Until I taste Pastor Mike's place, man. Finelli's. This guy, this guy making homemade noodles with special herbs and spices crafted into the homemade noodles. I'm like, man, he's the best noodles I've ever had. See, I, I liked, I liked SpaghettiOs. But when I found out there was something more, my life was radically changed. I understood, oh, there is something better out there. Let me ask you this and for your life. How many of you, if you knew that there was something better out there for your life, that you want to know about it? Would you want to know about it? There's a better way to live your life. There's a better place for you to live. There's a better place of blessing. There's a better place of peace. There's a better place that God's got for us. Wouldn't you want to know about it? We do, and it's called Transformation. The closer I get to God, the more my life begins to transform. And I realize, oh, this is what it's about. Oh, this is a place to live right here. When I go from the me stage to the make me stage. When I go from it's about me, it's my money, I want it now, to know God, it's yours, everything I have is yours, God. Mold me, make me anything you want to do. That's the place of blessing. That's the place of peace. That's the place of transformation. God is transforming us. Well, pastor, I'm living my best life. Are you? I'm living a good life. 
See, this is the, this is the problem in America. We're all living the good life. I don't, I don't care where you're at. If you're living in America, you're living the good life. Don't let anybody else tell you differently. I'll take you on a mission trip and prove you wrong. Okay? I'm telling you right now, we, we're living a good life. But the problem with the good life is this. It's never good enough. I, I want even a, I got a good car, but I want a better car. I got a good, I got a good job, but I'd like to have a better job. I got a good house. I'd like to have a better house. Everything is, is not always good, is it? We, we, we think it's good. But w- listen, the, the bad thing, look at this. The, the good life will stop you from living your best life. Don't, don't settle. There's a transformation that God's wanting to do in every one of our lives. Don't settle for anything short. So, so how, how do I get closer to God? I got to get fed up with what myself. I got to get fed up where I'm at. I got to own up. Father, I've sinned against you. I've allowed other things to come up before you. And then I've got to offer up my life as a sacrifice. And number four, my last thing today, you've got to lift up, lift up, right? Fed up, own up, offer up, and then lift up. Lift up my praise. Do you realize it was a celebration when the son came home? He said, I want you to celebrate. He goes, my son has returned home again. The father ran to him. Didn't wait for him to come home and apologize. The father sprinting down the road. The father looking afar off. I said, my, there, there's my boy. He's coming back home. Hey! Hey! Let the party get started. Our son's coming home today. Things are changing. Get the best robe. Put it back on him. He belongs to the family. Get this kid some, get some new sandals. No. He belongs to this family. Give him the ring. The ring signified a place where he could go in and stamp it in the wax and pay for the family things. He's like, go get the family credit card and give it to him. You say, what? Time out. Because if this had been you and me, I'd have been like, what? You just gave a kid who blew all of his inheritance and now you want to give him the credit card back? But what I want you to get is this when the heart changes. The father's not there giving you lectures. I would have gave a lecture. All right, before I give you this, let's go over budgeting. I'm going to give this to you in 12 weeks, just as soon as you finish up Dave Ramsey. <laughs> we, we'd have went through it all, right? But not the Father. He comes out and he gives grace, love, compassion. He says, take the fatted calf, kill it. We're going to party tonight. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to sing. The father's going to dance with the family tonight. The family's going to dance. Invite our friends. Invite the workers to come in. We're going to dance. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. Why? Because my son has returned back home. He's looking at himself now to be transformed, and we're welcoming him right back into the party. See, it's a celebration. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his love. Thank God for his forgiveness. Look what happens in 23 and verse 24. It says it right here. Kill the calf. We've been saving it. Now we're, look what he says. We must. Isn't that amazing? The father said we must celebrate. Not we ought to celebrate. What do you think? He says we must celebrate. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead. He's now back to life. He was lost. But now he's found. So the party began. 
Anybody here ever been lost? Raise your hand. I, I got both my hands raised, okay? Anybody here been found? Raise your hand. Let the party begin right now. I'm telling you, there should be a party in the house of the Lord every time we come together. Almost every Sunday, somebody's giving their life to Jesus. Almost every service, somebody's giving their life to Jesus. And if they're not here, we're here, and he has radically changed my life. He has changed my life. Let the celebration happen. Let the party happen, because there's something transforming about the celebration. Can you imagine this son walking in full of guilt, full of shame? What's the family going to say? And instead of feeling all that shame, they throw him a party. They throw him a party. Can you imagine his spirit lifting back up? Can you imagine his heart lifting back up? Can you imagine his, his whole self-demeanor changing when he's seen that people were throwing him a party? See, life becomes a party. When your life is transformed, he left from the pig's pen, the father make me. And right there, smack in the middle, all of it, God's grace shows up. And let the party begin. Why? Because transformation is happening. Look at this in Psalm 68, verse 4. It says, sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up. That's what we just talked about, lift up. Lift up a song to him who rides on the clouds. Listen, we are called, and Scripture backs us up time and time and time again. We're called to sing out loud, to celebrate. This is important. Some of you today, you come to church, but you don't even sing in church. You stand there, and I ain't singing. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't my thing. Pastor, I would sing, but I, I know, I know. You got a voice, we call it the prison voice, right? You're behind a few bars. You can never find the right key. I get it, I get it. But let me give you some good news. The Bible says to make a joyful noise. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't say we got to be on key. How about we let the praise team be on key and the rest of us make a bunch of joyful noise of the Lord? Why? Because not only has you been found, <laughs> but you was lost and now you're back home with the Father. Your grace of God has overwhelmed you. We have something to celebrate. And when I mean celebrate, we have a reason to party every single time we come together. We're partying because God's grace has overwhelmed us. We're partying because I was once lost, but now I'm found. And I'm bringing others. Every week, we're bringing people in to experience this party that's found in the presence of God. That's where transformation happens. You know, there was a study done recently. Even a book wrote about this study. The book is called Imperfect Harmony. It was authored by a lady by the name of Stacy Horn. And as she studied this out, they've been doing the study of effects of singing in large groups of people. That for people who sing in large groups of people, that their blood pressure begins to lower. They're still not sick near as much. Depression and anxiety begin to lower in their life. Why is that? Because we were made to sing out loud. I know counselors now who will tell people who are battling with depression. They'll say, go to church and sing out loud. Do that for three weeks. Come back and talk to me. Why? Because they've understood this. They understand the power. Why? Because it's important to know that we were created 
to worship together. Listen to me online. We were created to worship together. We were created to sing together. We were created to praise together. We were created to celebrate together. We were created to cheer together. We were created to clap together. Come on now. We were created to celebrate together. That's the way we were made. Transformation requires celebration. Can you imagine the transformation that happened in this young man's life and all these people through this amazing party for him? Wow. Wow. I want to be a church that those parties for people who've been living in the pig's pen. I want to be a church that those parties for people who've been eating with the pigs, Rick. I want to be a church that reaches out and we throw the biggest party in town every week and all who come in are welcomed. Why? Because I was once lost. Now I'm found. And I want as many people to find the Savior. That's who we are. Let's bow our heads. Today, true transformation starts with surrendering your life fully to Jesus Christ. That's the starting point right there. Almost every week we have people who make a decision to follow Jesus. Is today your day? If you're not here, we won't do anything to single you out or embarrass you, I promise you. Whether you're here in the auditorium, whether you're listening online, I'm speaking to you as well. If you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, to make him Lord of your life, no one looking but me, can you just raise your hand? Raise it right now. Say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Come on. If you haven't raised it, raise it now. Join these that are raising their hands now. Come on, raise it high. Thank you. Yeah, I see those hands, guys. This is what we're going to do today. If you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me. As Christians around, sitting around you, we'll say it as well out loud. If you're at home watching online, say it out loud with us. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. I surrender all of my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, we say welcome to the family of God. If you prayed that prayer, come on now.